0: I get up in the evening and ain't got nothing to say I come home in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way ain't nothing but tired man I'm just tired and bored with myself hey there, baby I could use just a little help you can't start a fire can't start a fire without a spark this gun's for hire now we're just dancing in the dark all right, now that song will be stuck in your head too. That song has been stuck in my head continuously for month weeks, weeks, m- close to a month now. Uh, predominantly because I host trivia sometimes as one of my side gigs, and I had a section on cover songs, and one of the cover songs it was. Um, I believe it's Lucy something, I can't remember her last name, but she did a cover of that song and it's awesome. If you got the iTunes or the SoundClouds <laughs> SoundCloud <laughs> Spotify or any of that sort of stuff, uh make sure to check it out. It's a great song. But it'll get stuck in your head and it's stuck in mine too. Uh please don't mock my singing. I'm aware it's bad, but you know, this is this is what these these little opening monologues are about. They're about me breaking myself open and and giving you the raw, unfettered uh, materials that is Andre Mayette. And my name is Andre Mayette, and I am your host of this episode of the Graphic Histories Podcast. I am the host of every episode. And a big thanks to Ukla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. Big fan of that song, and a big fan of you, loyal viewer, for tuning in, or listener, rather, for tuning in once again to my show. Um, This is episode 29. We're chugging right along. We're going to hit a whole year in another... uh, 27 weeks I guess so maybe not that soon but um, yeah it's been pretty good I mean we've been we've been having a great time and I've gotten some lots of good feedback and a decent amount of subscribers have creeped up over the last little while so it makes me happy I'm happy that people are listening and I'm happy that people are enjoying and please drop me a line on social media or through email or or, uh, or please like and subscribe to the podcast whenever way you can just to, uh, to help keep it alive keep the dream alive me and that rich, rich internet dollars, none of which I've seen yet, but <laughs> <coughs> I'm hoping people are enjoying the show. And I will not edit out that cough because this is raw, raw man. Uh, yes, today's episode is on Black Lightning, a DC superhero who's been around since the 70s, very interesting character, now have his own TV show on uh, CW in what they call the Arrowverse, the, the films or the TV shows that kind of... Broke out around the TV show Arrow, which is now over, but The Flash and uh, uh, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, I think, is the other one. Um, they are all spun out of that show and seem to be continuing to do well. I think there's a new Superman show coming out as well, Supergirl too. So yeah, lots of lots of cool stuff there. I used to watch Arrow and The Flash, but I kind of gave up. I got to a point where I just wasn't enjoying it. It was like a, like a like a chore. And I had to be had to be like, oh, i got to watch like three more episodes of Flash to catch up. And it wasn't that it wasn't a good show. It just, I don't know, not necessarily my cup of tea, I guess. But uh, And I do love Heroes. I do love Nerddom. I do love everything else. It just seemed a bit formulaic for my liking, and I just wasn't enjoying it as much, so. Uh, If you do, great, and uh, I hope you're excited to learn the full story of Jefferson Pierce's comic history leading up to current day, so you can kind of be aware of where the series may be going or why certain characters have as much uh, meaning as they do in the series based on their history in the comics. So, uh, without further ado, oh, and before we get into that, um, I have skirted the issue of the American election um, because... You know, it is a big deal, and as a Canadian, it does affect us somewhat. I do have to remind myself frequently that I'm not an American, and uh, whatever happens over there happens over there. Unfortunate as it is, there's nothing I can really do about it, but it did make me happy to see that Joe Biden did win the election and that we may have a return to some kind of normalcy in uh, in North America. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think is up for each of us to decide. However, I think those who think that the previous administration were the ones that were were steering the ship correctly i think you were gravely mistaken and thankfully enough over half your country agrees with me so i am very excited to see how that goes um yeah so exciting news celebrate good times come on but we will celebrate as we learn about jefferson pierce the titular black lightning so tune into this episode have fun stay frosty and stay electric Jefferson Pierce grew up in Suicide Slum, a neglected part of Metropolis which got its name from the idea that people only escaped the degradation of the slum by killing themselves. His father was accidentally shot during a mob hit and times were quite tough for Jeff and his widowed mother. A month or so later Italian tailor Peter Gamby opened a shop beneath their apartment and helped them through their financial difficulties. Peter was there to care for Jeff while his mother worked long hours to support them. Over time Gamby began to fulfill Jeff's need for a positive father figure in his life. Growing up, Jeff pushed himself in athletics and in his studies with an aptitude for English and poetry. He even penned a few lines which stuck in Peter's memory. Justice like lightning should ever appear to some men hope, to other men fear. At the age of 18, Jeff managed to make it to the Olympic Games, gaining fame from the media profiles which highlighted his rise from Suicide Slum. Jeff wanted to send a message to everyone back home that you could get out of the neighborhood with hard work. Having won medals and attention, Jeff received scholarships and endorsement offers, which allowed him to go to college and receive both an English major and a teaching degree. Four years after he left for college, he again went to the Olympics and this time won the decathlon. The gold medal winner then began a teaching job upstate in New Carthage, but returned to Metropolis for his mother's funeral. In his time away, Jeff had married Lynn Stewart. He and Lynn were together for a short time, but bore a daughter, Anissa, and at the age of 11, the girl manifested metahuman powers. She discovered that she was able to alter her density and weight at will. Regardless, Anissa conceded to her parents' wishes and pursued a pre-med degree instead of costume adventuring. Jeff was so protective of his daughter that he never mentioned her to anyone. When Jeff and Lynn divorced, Anissa went to live with her mother, with Lynn being disappointed with Jeff for not being the community activist that she was. To her, he only seemed to care about getting himself out of the ghetto. Upon his return to Metropolis, he noticed that nothing had changed in Suicide Slum. Pierce decided it was time to make a difference, and indeed, back at his old alma mater, Garfield High School, he quickly made an impression when he kicked a drug pusher off the premises and followed suit by humiliating three members of the criminal organization known as the 100. In retaliation, the gunman killed Earl Clifford, one of Pierce's students, and left his corpse in the GHS gymnasium. A distraught, Pierce related the tragedy to Peter Gamby, who urged him to fight back in a persona that wouldn't invite counterattacks to honest students, and presented him with a costume. Equipped with a force field belt that enabled him to generate lightning bolts, Black Lightning was born. While in costume, Pierce played to the era's stereotypical perception of blacks by affecting a jive-talking speech pattern and wearing a mask-wig combination that gave him a large afro, simple devices that deflected suspicion from a well-educated schoolteacher. Black Lightning carved out a niche in Metropolis, ultimately gaining the trust of high-profile figures like Superman, Inspector Bill Henderson, and reporter Jimmy Olsen. Along the way, he defeated several superpowered underlings of the 100, from Merlin to the Cyclotronic Man to Cyanide, as well as the gang's gargantuan albino leader, Tobias Whale. There would be retaliation for Black Lightning's actions, but not against Jeff Pierce's students. Rather, it was Peter Gamby who paid the price, leaping in front of a gun blast meant for Black Lightning. Stripped of his force field belt, the hero seemed destined for a similar fate, but in his fury, Black Lightning generated its effects from within his own body. In some unknown manner, he'd internalized the electrical power. The confrontation with the 100 had also exposed Peter's darkest secret. The support and love that he'd showered on Jeff and Mrs. Pierce had been a kind of penance, for he had been the man who killed Jeff's father. During this time, Jeff's ex-wife, Lynn, was hired as a teacher at Garfield High and eventually figured out that Jeff was Black Lightning. Lightning next met a man who would become one of his biggest allies in crime fighting, Batman. Together, they investigated a series of student abductions, which included Batman's sidekick, Dick Grayson, and met Superman in Black Canary before the case had closed. This led him to meet Green Arrow as well. These two acknowledged a kindred spirit. It seemed that Black Lightning was ready to hit the big leagues. After meeting Green Arrow, his new friend nominated Pierce for membership in the Justice League, but Lightning rejected the honor. The JLA respected his decision, and Pierce soon teamed up with Superman to solve the murder of a girl named Trina Shelton, who was shot and killed by a stray bullet during an altercation between lightning and some muggers. As a result, Pierce lost his internalized powers due to a psychological block. Batman kept Pierce in mind when he also grew frustrated with the Justice League. Hoping to rescue his friend Lucius Fox from war-torn at Markovia, the Dark Knight recruited Jeff to infiltrate the country, posing as Fox's brother. Inevitably, he was forced to become Black Lightning and ended up being captured alongside Batman. While prisoners of Baron Bedlam, Batman managed to help Black Lightning recover his electric powers and they escaped from prison. Lightning and Batman joined the war in Markovia to defeat Bedlam, and after a successful mission, he became a member of Batman's team, the Outsiders. As part of the group, Black Lightning was eventually challenged by the Masters of Disaster, who were hired to kill him, and Black Lightning surrendered to prevent them from killing innocent people. The Outsiders rescued Jeff, and he learned that the fathers of Trina Shelton had hired the villains to kill him. At the end of the affair, the mother of Trina forgave him. Later on, Black Lightning protected Suicide Slum against a guy known as the Ghetto Blaster. The next four years saw a new confidence developed Black Lightning as he forged new friendships with the Outsiders, found a teaching post at Gotham City's Edison High, gained a bit of closure entry in Trina Shelton's death after a confrontation with her parents, revisited the Olympics, and even had an amicable reunion with Lynn Stewart, now the president of a public relations firm. After several years, the Outsiders disbanded, and Jeff settled into a teaching job in yet another city. His powers went berserk upon the detonation of an alien race known as the Dominators' Gene Bomb, and Jeff could no longer deny that the power was a part of him. Reflecting on his newfound goals, he explained that he'd moved to the so-called Brick City, a neighborhood in his father's hometown. The ongoing menace of a gang known as the Royal Family figured into a school shooting that left Jeff critically wounded, and one of his best friends, teacher Walton Casco, dead. During Jeff's physical and emotional recovery, he reflected on his career as Black Lightning and the deaths of so many along the way. Despite the outsiders falling out with Batman, Jeff renewed his ties with him to help clear him of charges that he was a serial killer. After the Outsiders, Black Lightning kept a low profile, but continued to appear occasionally alongside his friends and allies. When seven heavy hitters reformed the Justice League, Black Lightning became a reserve member. His efforts during the Mageddon Crisis, in particular, were critical as he taxed his abilities like never before, attempting to tap the very electrical field of the planet Earth. When Lex Luthor was elected President of the United States, Pierce chose to retire temporarily as Black Lightning and accepted an appointment as Secretary of Education. This surprised many of his former allies, but in truth, Pierce saw this as an opportunity to keep tabs on Luther. In the meantime, his now-22-year-old daughter, Anissa, graduated in pre-med at the medical school. She had done this only to satisfy her parents, and the very next day she set out to fight crime, much to the disapproval of her father, who had always pursued his own adventures so that his daughter would never have to. She drew the attention of the former Titans member, Arsenal, who after the demise of the Titans sought to assemble a new team of outsiders. She accepted his offer, reasoning that her father might feel better about her crime fighting if she was in the company of others. Black Lightning came out of retirement to help the outsider's battle at During this battle, he begged Inissa to give up adventuring, but to no avail. If anything, she was inspired by her father's heroics. When Jefferson returned to the White House, Luther's successor, President Pete Ross, asked for Pierce's resignation as Secretary of Education because the government feared the political implications of having a known superhero on staff. Jeff complied. Black Lightning's next year would be one of his most tumultuous. He began by reuniting with the Outsider's friend, a metamorpho, to clean up an old Outsider's case involving the human bomb called Fuse. Katana also joined them on this case. Affiliation with Green Arrow would be his most pivotal point. First, his niece Joanna was also killed after becoming a lawyer in one of the Arrow's cases. The collusion of this, Black Lightning was responsible for the death of Joanna's killer, Martin Summers, or so he believed. In truth, Deathstroke had seen the whole incident and had made the killing blow himself, but he allowed Lightning to believe he'd caused the death. Jeff blamed Ollie in part for Joanna's death. The two of them had been intimate, but they were soon forced into action together again when attacked by Dr. Light. Light was acting in retaliation to the Justice League's erasing of his memories years prior. Jefferson then revealed to Ollie that the Department of Defense had evidence of the JLA's habit of mind-wiping villains, which he discovered while serving on Luther's cabinet. Dr. Light managed to surprise the heroes and critically injured Green Arrow's young protégé, Mia. Jeff was forced to attempt to jumpstart her heart with his powers. Though Mia was saved, Oliver's home, Star City, was not. Dr. Light detonated a bomb that took out an entire city block. The ensuing chaos ultimately led to Queen's election to the office of mayor of Star City. Black Lightning was one of the eight people Batman had considered to aid him in destroying the Brother Eye satellite, which controlled the OMAX, or One Man Army Corps, if you're keeping track. Booster Gold, who was not on the list of eight, but knew about the candidates from his knowledge of the future, contacted Lightning before Batman did, as historical data from the future had shown he had aided Batman, and Lightning accepted, arriving at the Batcave to await orders. He then forged an easy yet effective alliance with Mr. Terrific, combining their powers of electrical manipulation and invisibility to technology to strike the villainous AI from inside. After the third secret society of supervillains was formed, Black Lightning began using his status as Luther's secretary of education to gain information from supervillains. Following this, and the sacrifice of Superman of Earth Two and others in the Crisis, Jefferson Pierce turned himself in for killing Martin Summers. His friends and family tried unsuccessfully to dissuade him, but he turned himself over to Checkmate, who put him in Iron Heights prison under the identity of Derek Cooper. Meanwhile, Nightwing was approached by the Red Hood, who had evidence to acquit Black Lightning. The Hood had eavesdropped on a conversation between Luther and Deathstroke, who admitted that he'd killed Summers just as Pierce's lightning struck as well. Jeff's daughter, Anissa, hurried to bring her father the good news, but Pierce wouldn't believe it and remained in prison. Anissa implored the outsiders to free her father from prison, which they initially refused. It wasn't long before other inmates discovered the truth about Cooper and put a hit on Black Lightning. The gang leader called Skeet charged the young Captain Boomerang to kill him, Cooper. The outsiders learned of this plot and finally agreed to get him out. Pierce was also eventually convinced that he was innocent of his charges and realized the danger of being in Iron Heights. Boomerang had become his cellmate, but young Owen Mercer was not his father's son. He would not bring himself to kill Pierce and become his ally instead. Just as they plotted to escape, Nightwing sent the Outsiders into the prison. Things quickly get out of hand and Warden Wolf responded by using his metahuman muscle powers to bring the prisoners under control. In his anger, his powers cause extreme pain and the Outsider called Shift conjures a gas to counteract the effects. Wolf responds by increasing his control and killed dozens of guards and prisoners. Shift protected the Outsiders. Jeff and Boomerang from the effect. In this pivotal moment, the Outsiders decide to use this as a ploy to fake their deaths. They sent off a decoy craft, which was destroyed. Jeff resumed his life, while the world believed that Thunder and the others had died. Black Lightning later renewed his career as a costume adventurer and eventually met up with Hakuro on a case in St. Rock, Louisiana. He followed the trail from Metropolis about the recent supervillain activity involving the android body of the Red Tornado. Lightning and Hot Girl brought one of the villains, Trident, to the Batcave to show Batman. Superman and Wonder Woman evidence that the Star Conqueror had returned. He aided these heroes in saving the Red Tornado from exploitation by Professor Ivo and Solomon Grundy. All the heroes participating in this case agreed to form a new Justice League, of which Black Lightning was a founding member. Ironically, it was Lightning who was sent to invite Batman to officially join the group. He appears to be primarily based in Washington, D.C. again, and was the first member of the League to respond to the recent attacks made by the Amazons of Themyscira, and even managed to save the President of the United States. When Darkseid enslaved the Earth, Jefferson is seen trying to deliver papers to the survivors still in need of world information, as all the electronic forms of communication have been taken over by Darkseid's anti-life equation, Message System. In doing so, he runs into Tattooed Man and his family and helps them escape Darkseid's justifiers. Eventually, Jefferson is captured and forced to become a Justifier himself, but not before setting Tattooed Man on a mission to the Hall of Justice to deliver a message to Green Arrow and carry the circuit. As part of the Justifiers, Pierce joined Green Arrow and traveled to the Justice League watchtower, where they try to convert Black Canary and Tattooed Man into Justifiers without success. Later, he was a vital part of turning back Darkseid and reclaiming the Earth. After DC Comics underwent another continuity renewal, Jefferson Pierce has since returned as a hero, with a backstory not quite fleshed out yet but regardless of the reality or the danger, it can be certain. He'll act with integrity and honor, and his justice will strike like lightning. And there you have it, the history of Black Lightning Jefferson Pierce. All right, so uh, fun episode. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm not putting uh, feelings into your mouth, but as though I feel I kind of am, maybe, you have enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. <laughs> Next week, we'll be uh, doing a, a favorite character of mine, uh, the Hobgoblin, a Spider-Man villain. I've, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I have refrained from doing too much Spider-Man characters on this just because I've. it's like when you love something so much you, you, you don't want to talk about it all the time, but you want to talk about it, but you don't want to make it your whole thing. But I am going to make it my whole thing for one episode, so I'm going to deal with the Hobgoblin, who uh, is a character who has been many people over the years, and we will, we will cut through that as we go. But it should be interesting, it should be fun, and uh, it should be informative. So next week we'll learn about the Hobgoblin. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week.